Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us, toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 says, For it was not to angels that he subjected the coming inhabited earth concerning which we speak. Though we may long for heaven, it is the earth, the land, the good land, that has occupied God from the ages for his purpose. We will see all this land typifies in today's life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Ron Kangas is in the studio as we once again explore this tremendous book of Hebrews. Ron, another marvelous life study awaits us today, and as always, it's a pleasure to have your company as we get into these classic messages. It's a pleasure to be here as always, especially to explore this exceedingly profound message that connects the land, the people, and Christ for the corporate expression of God in Christ, His eternal purpose. Ron, though we're in the midst of the life study of Hebrews, today we're going to touch many points that we first touched in the life study of Genesis for those that were with us at that time. What is the basis or the ground to draw upon the pictures that were presented in Genesis in order to help us with the book of Hebrews? As we will soon see, this particular message connects, as the Bible does, the matters of the land, Christ, and God's chosen people. In Genesis 1, we have these three matters either stated or implied. The land is obviously signified by the dry land that emerged from the death waters on the third day. This dry land, the sphere for the living of the human beings created by God, typifies Christ in resurrection. Significantly, as Genesis 2-7 reveals, humankind was created from the dust of this land. This shows an intrinsic connection between humanity and the earth. Furthermore, this man, this Adam, created with the dust of the ground, was made in God's image, according to the New Testament, for instance, in Colossians, the image of God is Christ. So here in Genesis 1 and in part of chapter 2, we have the land, we have humanity, and we have Christ, particularly as the image of God. The crucial matter is that these three things are essentially connected. 
We need to focus on this and emphasize it again and again because it's so crucial. The earth or the land, man and Christ in the sight of God are essentially connected for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. Genesis sows the seed of this. In the book of Hebrews, we have quite a rich uh, development of this seed. Ron, I'm anxious to get into this development. Let's join Witness Lee with our life study. This message is the good land for the fulfillment of God's purpose. In the Bible, land of the earth always signifies the proper people of God. And the sea, S-E-A, composed with water, the sea always signifies the world corrupted, polluted, and ruined by Satan. One is the earth, the other is the world. The earth is the land. The world is the sea. In the Bible, the land is a figure, is a symbol of Christ. Christ is the good land. In the life study of Genesis, when we came to chapter 1, verse 9, we have pointed out that that land that came out of the death water on the third day, remember, on the third day, was a type of the very resurrected Christ out of death on the third day. All the lives, the vegetable lives, and even the animal lives, and the human life came out of that land. And even man was made with the dust of that land. And even today, medically speaking, our physical body is the same in elements as the earth. In the Bible, the land, the good land, the land that came out of the dead water, and the land that was elevated and surrounded by the dead water, depicted by the land of Canaan is an elevated land. It is surrounded by waters. And this is a picture of Christ. In the Bible, a recurring theme is the land, the good land. We mentioned Genesis, Ron, in our introduction, and Witness Lee is focusing on it, certainly in this portion. Review for us what we saw in Genesis, that the land typifies Christ generally. What we have in Genesis, beginning with verse 2, On the third day, the dry land appears out from under the waters of judgment that had covered everything. We're speaking in typology here. This dry land, which appears on the third day, signifies Christ in resurrection. So this is the first point we want to make. 
concerning the land, symbolically speaking, in Genesis 1. The dry land that emerged on the third day from the death waters signifies the resurrected Christ. The chapter goes on to indicate in its revelation of the divine life that so many kinds of life have their origin in the land. All the plant life obviously grows out from the earth. The cattle and the beasts move about on the earth. Ultimately, humankind was created from the dust of the ground, elements of the earth. The point I'm making here is that, first, the dry land signifies the resurrected Christ. Second, this resurrected Christ, typified by the earth, is the source of all kinds of life. So we need to see, first, that Christ is our land, and this land is Christ in resurrection. We have our origin, our source in life. From the divine life, the life of God the Father, embodied in the resurrected Christ. So out from him in our experience, we have the rich enjoyment of the divine life. So Christ, typified by the good land, is the Christ in resurrection, and the Christ who supplies us life, the divine life, for the fulfillment of God's purpose. Ron, we enjoyed these pictures when we were in the life study of Genesis, and it's, it's very refreshing to come back to them and see that they're still fresh and new light to help us get even further into God's New Testament revelation that we're uncovering in Hebrews. Now we're considering the reality of what is typified in Genesis. We have the picture, but now we are speaking about actually ourselves. This message, strictly speaking, is about ourselves in relation to Christ and to God's economy. It's not just a picture anymore. It's a word directly related to our standing in Christ before God for the sake of the fulfillment of God's purpose with us, not in heaven, but on the earth. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study. In the Bible, the soil of the earth typifies we, the chosen ones of God, to be His soil, into which God wants to sow himself, that he himself may grow in us. And eventually, we become his farm to grow Christ. The land and Christ and humanity combined together are the expression of God and the kingdom of God, where God's glory is and where God's authority is. And this is the sphere we all have to enter. That was a little miniature of what God intends to get. And Satan came in, Satan damaged that. Satan surely knows where is God's central spot. 
when the Lord Jesus came to become flesh. That means he came to become the dust. When he came to join with men, that means he came to join with earth. Adam was damaged. Man became flesh. And God came in and judged that flesh. When God judged the flesh, God judged also the earth. You can never separate the flesh, the mankind, from the earth. Because in God's view, in God's sight, man is always related to the earth. For man is judged, the earth is judged. When the earth is judged, man is judged. Flood came in, and the flood judged the flesh and the earth. After the flood, we were told, as we saw in the life study, the ark resurrected on the Mount of Ararat. Exactly at the day when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. The 17th day of the month. The Lord Jesus was crucified on the 14th day of the month, which was the day of the Passover. And after three days, he was resurrected. And the ark was resurrected from the dead water on the mountain of exactly on the 17th day of the month. In other words, the Lord Jesus resurrected in that month on that day. And the ark resurrected from the dead water exactly in that month and on that day. Then Noah and all the others came out of the ark. Noah and all the resurrected people lived on the new earth, the resurrected Christ, signifying that the resurrected people live in Christ. We all are living in Christ today. Again, Ron, reaching back to Genesis, we have another marvelous point regarding the Christ revealed in the Old Testament type of the land. Help us once again to see this item, more specifically, of Christ in resurrection as seen by the dry land as it emerged during the time of Noah. When Noah and his wife and sons and their wives came out of the ark, they were in a new realm. The earth had been judged by the death waters as it had been in Genesis 1. Now the dry land appears... It's fresh, it's bright, it's clean. This is the realm in which they will live in resurrection. The principle concerning the land at this stage in Genesis is exactly the same as in Genesis chapter 1. The land, the dry land, the earth that emerged from the waters of judgment in Genesis 1, signifies Christ. Later in Genesis, the earth, the land, on which Noah and his family live after emerging from the ark, is also Christ 
in resurrection. The Bible, and this is not surprising, is strikingly consistent. We would emphasize this point because it's crucial and because it's unfamiliar to most Bible students. Man is related to the earth. The earth, the dry land, is a type of Christ. We were created out from the earth to live on the earth to express Christ. Noah and his family emerged from the ark and lived on an earth that had emerged once again from the waters of judgment. So here we see a second time that humanity is related to the earth. The earth, the land, is a type of Christ. And humanity, living on the earth, living in Christ, is for the expression of God in Christ. This is the crucial revelation in this portion of Scripture and in this particular message based upon that portion. Ron, thank you. Let's go back to more of Witness Lee for our life study from Hebrews. In chapter 10 of Genesis, Satan came in and Satan used Nimrod and his father, Cush, to build Babel. You just can see, according to the history, how Satan came in to polluted, to corrupted Cush and his son Nimrod. That means how Satan came in to corrupted mankind again. That mankind, polluted mankind, in God's eyes became the land of Chaldee. In the, in the eyes of God, the mankind is always related to the land. If you read the history of Israel according to the record of the Bible, you can see God always put Israel and their land together as one. Some of the verses would be hard for you to tell whether that means the land or the people. Because always God reckons the two together as one. I tell you, when the people in the USA is rotten, that means America's rotten. When the people on the land is rotten, that means the land is rotten in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God, you can never separate the people from the land. Up to the time of Babel, mankind became the land of Chaldee. So, God came in and called Abraham from that corrupted Chaldee. The corrupted mankind with the corrupted land. God called a man by the name Abraham and brought him into the elevated land, the good land of Canaan. Elevated again, resurrected. And according to geography, the land of Canaan is surely surrounded by waters. On the one hand, it has the great sea, the Mediterranean. On the other hand, it has the Dead Sea. And it has also Jordan River. And this signifies, this is the land that comes out of the dead water, elevated. This is the land 
that signifies Christ. That also signifies God's proper people. In God's eyes, God always count the good land, Christ, and his proper people free as what? Firstly, you have a miniature of this in the Old Testament. Ah, in the Old Testament, on this globe, there was a land elevated, surrounded by the dead water, yet filled up with God's dwelling. God's expression was there. God's administration was there. God was there. This is the good land. And this is the miniature in the Old Testament. And the fulfillment of this figure is in the New Testament. In the New Testament, eventually God will have a new earth resurrected from all death. No more death, no more night, and no more sea. A piece of clean, clear, dry land with pure river flowing through it. By that time, you can see the new Jerusalem is there. That's God's eternal habitation. That's God's eternal expression. That's God's eternal administration. There, God is fully expressed, and His authority will be fully exercised. That is the fulfillment of the good land. And the new earth, the church life, is the foretaste of that land with the new Jerusalem. Ron, this was a tremendous bird's eye view, really, of God's purpose from the perspective of the good land in Scripture. How is it that the good land typifies not only the Christ of God, which we've seen very clearly now, but also the people of God. The land typifies the Christ of God, and the land typifies the proper people of God. Humanity was created from the dust of the ground, and the human beings created from the dust of the ground are those designed and created by God for the fulfillment of his eternal purpose. So we have a connection here between the land and the people of God, borne out by the fact that our origin, outwardly speaking, is dust. There is a line throughout the scriptures that associates people with the land. Negatively, for God to judge the evil and polluted generation at the time of Noah involved a judgment not only on the human beings, but on the land, the earth, in which they lived. So even today, the people of a country and the land of that country are virtually synonymous. There is a line throughout the scriptures that associates the proper people of God, the chosen people of God, with the land. 
And the nations in rebellion, the, the corrupted humankind, is signified by the waters of the sea. Very significantly, in the book of Revelation, you have a beast emerging from the sea, indicating one source of humankind, and another beast emerging from the land, signifying another part of humankind. The point is this, that positively, the people of God are people of the land, associated with the earth from which they were created. Negatively, corrupt rebellion humankind is related to the sea with its turbulence and violence. God's eternal purpose is to produce the new Jerusalem out of Christ, typified by the good land, and constituted with God's people who are also related to this land. At the end of the Bible, we have the new Jerusalem in the new heaven and in the new earth, but significantly, there is no more sea. So God's purpose is to eliminate the sea and to produce the new Jerusalem out of the land with the proper people signified by the good land. Uh, this thought is new. This thought is altogether biblical. And this thought is deep. This message is solid. We make no apology for it. This message in particular, I believe, will appeal to real seekers of Christ and earnest students of the Word who want to get below the surface and to touch the revelation in the depths of God's Word. And this message points out this revelation links, connects the land, Christ, and the people of God. This dear brothers and sisters, is the revelation in the pure Word of God. Ron, we began today, as we have many times, with a picture from the Old Testament. During the course of our life study today, I really believe that picture has become a window into God's future for man in His plan. Marvelous fellowship today. Thank you very much for being part of it. Uh, you're welcome. We trust the Lord's blessing on this particular message. May it be a seed of life sown into the hearts of many hungry, seeking lovers of our dear Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Our life study of Hebrews continues tomorrow. We hope before the Lord that you'll be with us then. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 
543-3788. Thanks for listening.